Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Tuesday, March 13th, 2018. Welcome back to the Eye on College Basketball Podcast. I got Matt Norlander here with me, and um, you know, the brackets obviously came out on Sunday night, and we talked about them a lot late Sunday, early Monday, but one of the things we didn't do is actually discuss in any sort of detail you know, the way our brackets are going to unfold. Obviously, we'll be wrong, just like you'll be wrong, just like everybody will be wrong. But we did make Final Four picks. We did make National Championship picks. So let's focus on the bracket uh, for a little bit. Norlander, um, I honestly haven't looked at your bracket. I just realized that as I was speaking, um, you feel comfortable with it? Have you, have, have you, have, you've been able to, 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 to look at it for a couple of days? Of course not. <laughs> no shot. And I never do, and I always hate it. And... In particular, I mean, I couldn't do worse on eight, nine games if I actually tried. Even if I try and reverse jinx myself and pick the team against my instinct, it's going to wind up being wrong. And what I will admit, there is one pick in particular. See, I made my picks before I saw yours as well. But then I saw yours, and then I saw some other people's brackets overall. And I made one change because I was like, all right, I thought this was a pick ahead of the pack. I'm I'm loving this pick. It's it's almost an under the radar obvious pick. I'll get to that in just a little bit. But in general, no, never confident. Although I will say, I am liking one of my final four teams as a reasonable proposition for that team to get there. And yet, I don't feel like it's an overwhelmingly popular pick. So that's that's really when you want to hit that sweet spot before your world burns down. Basically, by Thursday night, if you've got a final four pick that you are really confident in, but you don't think is super trendy, that's the uh, that's where you want to be. What about you? I mean, my bracket's always terrible, and the reason is because the the bracket always produces upsets, and yet it's very difficult to, you know, if you watch this every day, and you rank teams every day, and you look at box scores every day, um, it's very difficult to pick a team on a neutral court that you know is inferior to the other team. Like, why would you do that? Like, all year long, we've been playing basketball games. This team is obviously better than that team. So I'm going to take that team, except then, you know, the, the games happen and there's upsets and, and then it just takes a few of them and your bracket looks like hell. So I'm never I, I, I never by, say, Sunday afternoon go, ooh wee, I'm killing it with my bracket. It just doesn't usually go that way. So I, what I tried to do is actually pick some upsets. And I have an 11 seed going to the Sweet 16. I have a 12 seed going to the Sweet 16. My final fours, uh, my final four picks are uh, I got two one seeds, a two seed, and then I have a four seed in there as well. So I tried to uh, consciously pick some upsets, but then, you know, uh, the favorites will win, and I'll go, why would I think an 11 seed's going to the Sweet 16? That's kind of stupid. I know, so it doesn't, be, yeah, it doesn't be, matter what approach you, you take, you're going to end up looking like, a, like an idiot. Yeah, that'll be fun. That is part of the fun, though. And honestly, I, I actually, listen, we are literally paid to provide a bracket and don't you know if you were listening to this for our bracket advice obviously take it with a grain of salt um but you mentioned your 11s and i love it when because i see these tweets all the time from people like here's the here's the way to fill out your bracket here's the double digit seed you have to have in the sweet 16 and i'm like it's all just what it is it's just content but like get out of my face there is no good way to do a bracket you know, you just fill it out and you either get right. lucky or you don't like the, the idea that there's some smart strategy to this um, that runs counter to like the best team should be there at the end um, is just silly. Like there's no good way to do this. So if you're li- looking for bracket advice, I would a- I would just tell you to stop. There's really nobody that can help you with this. 
But um, this ain't the podcast for you. We ain't here like giving you tips how to fill out a bracket. Right. We don't know how to fill out a bracket. There are just general trends here. You mentioned in 11 and 12, uh, pretty much every year a double digit seed breaks through the Sweet 16. And when you're filling out a bracket, you it's it's a matter of you got to be able to pick the one that does it. That's the thing. We have trends like no four number one seeds. It's only happened once when they've all gotten to the Final Four. So generally try and dodge doing that. That kind of stuff. Um, and in most years, this is ridiculous. And... Um, I've got a I've got a stats and nuggets post going up later today that's got a whole bunch of stuff that will just blind your judgment and just enjoy it for what it is. Don't use it to pick your freaking picks, please. But the craziest stat to me year over year is I think it's now twenty of the past twenty one seasons or something like that. A two seed has one of the four two seeds doesn't get to the sweet sixteen. So you have to be willing to take a seven or a ten, or in the rare year, the reason why that's still um Consistent is that we've had some 15s pull it off, too. But that's a hard thing to do. But yet, almost every year, there's a two that doesn't break through. Last year, obviously, it was Duke that was done in by Devin Downey's home state and alma mater, South Carolina. Jouts. There we go. Um, so, anyway, let's. Uh, I figured, GP, let's do it just by region here. Like, you give me your region and what you're thinking, then I'll go do mine, and then we'll go uh, spot by spot. So, which corner of the bracket do you personally want to start with? Let's start with the top left, and that'd be the South Regional, where I have Virginia winning that that region and going to uh, the Final Four. I actually have them playing the two seed, uh, Virginia, and against Cincinnati in in the Elite Eight. I have a double digit seed advancing to the Sweet Sixteen, and that's Loyola Chicago. I, I just think that that you know Miami is without its best player, so that's its first round matchup. And Loyola Chicago like went to Florida. They didn't just run through the Missouri Valley. They went to Florida and won. And and that may or may not mean anything by the time that game tips off, but it, it's at least an indication that this is a mid-major team, sure, but they're they they can beat the big boys. They've done it. You know, Florida has beaten, I think, what is it, Gonzaga and Cincinnati, and Loyola Chicago has beaten that Florida team, and Miami has been, I don't want to say all over the place, but unreliable in certain spots this season. So I don't think it's crazy that Loyola Chicago get past Miami. And then I understand Tennessee has been terrific. You know, won an SEC regular season title, went to the SEC tournament title game. But from a just pure talent perspective, Tennessee is not the type of team that's just going to overwhelm Loyola Chicago. Tennessee has very good college basketball players. But that's it. Just very good college basketball players. Well, guess what? Loyola Chicago, um, Loyola Chicago's got very good college basketball players too. And so um, if you're going to uh, pick a double-digit seed to actually get to the Sweet 16, um, that, that, that NBC ch- championship team seemed like a reasonable team pick. Totally understood. What about, uh, GP, what about Sweet 16, Kentucky or Arizona? Who are you going with there? And then who do you have Cincinnati beating in the Sweet 16? Oh, I guess you have Loyola beating Cincinnati there. But uh, Wildcat, Wildcat. By the way, that South right there, you've got the Kansas State Wildcats, the Kentucky Wildcats, the Davidson Wildcats, and the Arizona Wildcats all crammed on that top, top left corner of the bracket. But uh, Cal or Miller, who are you going to put in the in the Sweet 16? You are getting a little ahead of yourself, sir. Uh, oh, my goodness. I do have a Wildcats first Wildcats. <laughs> but I don't have Kentucky. I've got Davidson. i got Bobby Killip, big Bobby Killip. Shame on me. Wow. You don't know, you don't know, you don't know anything about Kellen Grady. You don't know about Kellen Grady? <laughs> Kellen Grady was in the frost wash yeah. in the first week of the season, so I know a little bit, but that's a fun, gutsy pick. I love that. Ultimately, why are you opting to do that? Because you then I presume – You've not only got them beating Kentucky, you've got them beating Arizona. 
No, I, I don't have them beating Arizona. I've got DeAndre Ayton going to the Sweet 16, but I do have Davidson beating Kentucky, and here would be the reason. First off, you're going to pick a 12-5 somewhere, right? And most people do. Um, there's a lot of history behind that matchup. Um, and Davidson, first off, Kid Palm's got it like a three-point game. So, you know, it is the big, bad Kentucky Wildcats, but according to Ken Palm, this is a one-possession game. I think the odds makers put it at minus five because they know the public's going to bet Kentucky because the public's always going to bet Kentucky. But you give me a Davidson team that is one of the uh, the best offensive teams in America, coached by one of the best offensive minds in the sport. They've got Peyton Aldridge. They've got Kellen Grady. So they've got two comparable players, at least to anything on, on Kentucky's roster. And um, you, you're making five freshmen chase around that Davidson offense. Like if, if we can agree that uh, getting freshmen to play team defense is the most difficult thing a coach is asked to do, a coach like Mike Krzyzewski or John Calipari, when they are reliant so heavily on first-year players, then asking them to guard Davidson off- offense seems like it could be, I don't know, just difficult for 40 minutes. This is not a seven-game series. It's a 40-minute basketball game, and I could – you know, if if I made up my mind, I'm going to take a 12-5 somewhere. That seemed like a pretty sensible 12-5 to pick the 12 seed, which is Davidson over Kentucky. It is sensible, and in fact, I think when you look at the bracket this year, GP, we've got three sensible 12 over fives. I'm almost uh, inclined to believe that because they look so sensible, we're not going to get any of them. But obviously, we we've gotten them all but four years since the field expanded in 1985. I've got Kentucky and Davidson as one of my five must-watch first-round games. In fact, two of the games in this region in the South are in that top five. That story's up at CBSSports.com right now, and it is Kentucky-Davidson. Um, that's a 7-10 tip on CBS on Thursday. And then you've got on True TV 3-10, that Miami-Loyola. GP, we're on the same page here. I've got Loyola also in the Sweet 16. I do think that is a genuinely good college basketball team. I personally, like if Loyola was a 9, I'd have no issue with it. I think they were good enough to validate getting a single-digit seed this year. I've got the Ramblers in the tournament for the first time since 1985, not only beating Miami, but, yes, beating Tennessee as well. We are on the same page. Virginia to the Final Four. I was convinced I was going to do that even before this bracket got released after watching the Cavaliers in person. Again, I'm really excited for that uh, Marcus Foster revenge game against K-State in the 8-9. So I do have the Blue Jays advancing there. I'm almost a little too confident in Creighton. I feel that's going to obviously backfire on me. Um, I almost went with Davidson over Kentucky and for a lot of the reasons that you stated, I think it's going to be a fascinating game because Kentucky is so young, and that is not an easy team to prep for. Um, and obviously, as, as Calipari said, that's a brutal six-hour flight up to Boise from Lexington, apparently. Um, maybe two layers. I don't know what's going on there. But I do have Kentucky winning barely, uh, but it's Boise. You never know what can go, go on there. The one game in this region we haven't touched on real quick is Nevada versus Texas. That is... That's intriguing to me. Um, that's a Friday tip at four thirty, and I, and I don't know, I don't know who I like more in that game. But I took Nevada, and they've got some good veteran play. But I've got Cincinnati moving on. I do have Virginia over Cincinnati in the Elite Eight. Um, I'm rooting for that, like you are. That one versus two, that defensive standoff. Uh, pretty intriguing region overall for the South. But whereas you have Davidson and Loyola as your first-round upsets, I only have Loyola. Obviously, nines and tens don't count as upsets. And then we both have an upset in Loyola getting to the Sweet 16. And then uh, otherwise, we are fairly fairly chalky. But I give you credit for going with uh, with two double digits there. It's uh, it's 
Man, that would be really intriguing, though, if Davidson's able to beat Kentucky. Um, and then if they played Arizona, that would be – I mean, I just think that's a complete mismatch. <laughs> a, complete, a complete mismatch, but I would love to see it. Um, where do you want to go next? Let's go down to the West. And this is – I think when you referenced earlier that you had a Final Four pick that seemed um, – like, ooh, I bet you this is a little bit under the radar. And then you looked up and you saw it in other people's brackets. This might be the one you're talking about. I've got Gonzaga in the Final Four for the second consecutive year. I think this is the most wide open uh, regional because though I do believe that Chris Mack is and that staff have done a tremendous job this season getting Xavier its first number one seed um, in history. Uh, I, I also think that they're the most vulnerable one seed. You know, when you start looking at, at some of the computer stuff, you know, uh, Xavier uh, was outside of the top 10 basically all year long, even if they were inside of the top five of the AP poll. And yes, the top 25 and one most of, of the season. For instance, Virginia's one in Ken Palm, Villanova's two in Ken Palm, and Kansas is nine in Ken Palm. So the only one seat outside of the top 10 is actually uh, Xavier. So um, I, I think they're the most vulnerable. That, that at least suggests that. Uh, they're the most vulnerable uh, one seat. And then North Carolina, I think, is is among the most vulnerable two seats. I'm with you. Uh, you know, Cincinnati just doesn't lose to inferior teams. That, and they, I mean, they, they haven't lost to a to a non-top 25 team all year long. And so, but North Carolina has. North Carolina has lost to Wofford. So this is the one that I think is wide open. Um, I've got uh, Gonzaga playing Michigan in the Elite Eight. And then I've got Gonzaga um, advancing to its second straight Final Four with a victory over John Beeline's Wolverines. Outside of that, um, my bracket looks about like everybody else's bracket ought to look. Or uh, it looks like uh, mostly higher-seeded teams advancing. But I do have Gonzaga-Michigan. So that's a three versus four Elite Eight game and Gonzaga advancing out of there. Obviously a good possibility. You are on the money. I had Gonzaga into the Final Four. And since then, I think I've seen... I don't know, 10 or 12 people that cover the sport nationally or talk about it on television nationally, right, Gonzaga into the Final Four, and I was like, I can't do it. So what I did was I backed out of that, and I have Xavier going to the Final Four now because it's like the least pick one seed ever to, for, to get to the Final Four. And if you look at Vegas betting odds and predictive models, it doesn't like Xavier either. In fact, it likes Carolina, Michigan, and Gonzaga to be more likely to come out of the West than the 28-5 and five, number one seeded Musketeers. So in a rare occurrence, I'm taking the one seed as an underdog to break through the bracket, and it's uh, I guess it's... Oddly going against conventional thoughts. So, yes, I did have Gonzaga. What we could get in this region out west is a Xavier-Gonzaga matchup in the Sweet 16, which would be a rematch of their Elite Eight match last year. And then you could get Gonzaga versus Carolina in the regional final, which is obviously a rematch of the national title game. That might be pretty cool. Um, I talked with Chris Holtman on Monday night. He just called to, to check in and say he's not looking forward to playing South Dakota State. And he said that he had one of his, uh, you know, just one of his staffers, like a Adobo or something, go and get a list of, of, um, of national people that were picking South Dakota State over Ohio State. Because you mentioned Davidson as a trendy 12 over 5. I think South Dakota State might be even trendier. And he goes, I was thinking there might be four or five I could use to motivate my guys. And there is a stack. He said right. there's a stack of national people that have taken South Dakota State. I am actually taking Ohio State. That game is also in Boise. Boise could be fantastic because you not only have the the stuff we talked about with all the Wildcat teams up in the south, you've got um, 
you've got a, a, just a great matchup here with Ohio State and South Dakota State. But South Dakota State's like not that that far from Idaho. And then if Ohio State were to win and Gonzaga were to win, well, then Ohio State's like kind of playing a de facto road game against Gonzaga in the second round. It's going to be a simple drive for Zags fans. They're going to fill up the building. There's no doubt about it. Um, I've got Ohio State winning, though, uh, and I've got Gonzaga winning. That's one of those every year, Parrish, we get some sort of upset that like no one's like no one is picking Greensboro to beat Gonzaga. It's not on the radar. No one's discussing it. And almost every year, this is why I love this tournament. There will be an upset, and I think there are two possibilities in that one. This, and I know you've got Michigan, and I do too, but I just think that Montana-Michigan is going to be close in the final two minutes. Something is telling me this Montana team is good enough to do it. Um, I have Xavier coming out. I have um, Carolina in the Elite Eight almost begrudgingly, but that's because I don't like any other team enough, not even Michigan, to break through to the bottom half of the bracket. Um... Carolina's playing in Charlotte. I just Providence has been good, but I've got them beating a And M. I don't think they'll be able to get past UNC. And uh, at the top half, just real quick, I've got Florida State over Missouri. And I think I tweeted a week ago. God bless anyone who dares take Florida State in this bracket because they are such an uninspiring at large team. Everyone, even with Missouri's issues, perish. Everyone's on Missouri, so I'm just I'm zagging while everyone zigs. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I just don't, that was, that is a total fade the public pick there. So I do have Florida State moving on, but yes, I have Xavier beating Carolina to get out of the West and into San Antonio. Before we get to East Regional, let me tell you about CBS Sports HQ. It's one of our favorite weeks of the year, obviously, and you can follow it all live. Uh, with CBS Sports HQ. It's a brand new, free, 24-7 streaming uh, sports information channel with scores, news, highlights uh, for the tournament and all of your favorite sports. It's always on, and you can stream it all live anytime you want on CBS on the CBS Sports app for Apple TV or Roku, or you can stream it on your phone and other connected devices. Again, uh, that's CBS Sports HQ, and you can watch it as well online at cbssportshq.com. That's CBS Sports HQ. Dot com. I'm on there all the time. Norlander's on there all the time. If we cut this podcast shorter than you normally are used to listening to, it'll be because I've got to go jump on CBS Sports HQ uh, very, very soon. Let's go to the East Regional um, where I've got the one seed coming out. This is one where I have actually have the one uh, and the two seed playing in the Elite Eight. Um, it's Villanova and Purdue. And I've got Vill- Villanova advancing to the Final Four for the second time inside of a, a three-year period. In terms of surprises, you know, I've got a six-seeded Florida team playing in the Sweet 16, so I guess that's a slight surprise. Uh, but outside of that, my bracket looks pretty higher seed advances. There's not a whole lot of uh, upsets that I've got projected in the East Regional. As I, I think, pointed out on the last podcast, I believe it was the East Regional last year where everybody had Villanova against Duke in the regional final. Madison Square Garden, and yet we ended up with South Carolina, Florida. So, uh, you know, who knows? Sometimes the most obvious things um, are the ones that that absolutely do not happen, and that could be the case here. But um, I got Villanova, Purdue playing for a a chance to go to the Final Four. I do as well. Um, Real quick, Virginia Tech or Alabama, who do you think in that one? I think that's the the toughest toss-up 8-9-er. I took Virginia Tech, but like whatever, you yeah. know, who, who, who knows? Yeah, I took Virginia Tech as well, and so congrats to Alabama. We are in agreement there, which means the Tide are going to win. They have 15 losses. Let's let's not forget about that. Uh, I almost think Virginia Tech, which has, by the way, a win over Virginia, is almost a little bit underrated there. That game is in Pittsburgh. I will be there if the snow allows me. It's coming down pretty good in Connecticut. I'm supposed to fly out tomorrow. Um, Villanova, Virginia Tech, Alabama, all those games are going to be in Pittsburgh. Um, I've got... Uh, Villanova-Purdue, and 
I think that there's a good possibility in this region, GP, that we could have seeds fit. But as I said, like Florida, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Wichita State, I think all these teams are, are possibilities. I have Wichita State beating Villanova. Never mind. Do I? Yes, I do. Okay. I just brought up my bracket because I've, I've wavered. This was the Gonzaga Xavier and Wichita State Villanova were my two that I was like, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? I switched it over. So I just lied to you. I have Wichita State in the Elite Eight. I, they're the oldest team experience-wise in the field. And Villanova has had this weird streak going. Every tournament they've been in since 2009, which has been every single NCAA tournament except one year, they either end their season in the last weekend or the first weekend of the tournament. They never go out in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. I feel like that's going to change this year. I'll take the Shockers to beat Villanova. That game would be in Boston if that were the case. And the final four pick I alluded to earlier that I'm confident in, I'm not seeing a lot of people go with Purdue. I personally think Purdue is one of the five best teams in college basketball. I love them in this region. A strong two seed. I don't think they'll get a push. I've got uh, I've got them getting through to this the second weekend easily. And then playing Florida, I think they've got a good shot. If they got if they got Texas Tech, I think they match up pretty well there overall. Um, give me give me the Boilermakers to come out of the East, but I do think that this will this region will provide a lot of really really good games. You've got West Virginia, Murray State, and Wichita State Marshall. They've got to ship all the way out to San Diego. That should be pretty intriguing. And then I I just. Whether Bonaventure or UCLA wins in the first four and gets Florida, I think that I, that's not in my top five must-watch first-round games, but I think there is a good chance that no matter who wins that game, Florida's going to get a fun test, and that should be a pretty close one. Um, that game will be in Dallas uh, on Thursday. So I'm, I'm intrigued by this region overall, but you've got Nova and I've got Purdue. And now we'll go down to the Midwest regional where – um, early on, I, I do have New Mexico State not only beating Clemson, but also beating Auburn. I've got New Mexico State um, into the Sweet 16. And my rationale there would be another 12-5 upset, so why not? But, you know, they get a possible path, a likely path, playing two teams that are missing key parts. You know, Dante Grantham out for Clemson, uh, Anthony McLemore out for Auburn. Um, that New Mexico State team coached by Chris Jans has been really, really good. They've got good wins. They got a lot of wins. And I mean, who you know, who knows? They, they could lose in the first round by 15 points. But if you're looking to take advantage of, of of a situation where teams are missing key parts that help them assemble the resumes that allow them to get the seeds that they got on Selection Sunday. I think taking New Mexico State over Clemson, taking New Mexico State over Auburn is at least sensible. Like sometimes people just take an upset and you go, why'd you do that? And they go, well, you got to take an upset somewhere. I don't know. But at least you, you can at least defend that one. Taking New Mexico State over Clemson over Auburn because of the rosters that are, are now in place at those two places. Um, I've got Rhode Island eliminating Oklahoma. I think that'll happen fairly easily. And then when we get to the Elite Eight, I've got it Kansas against Duke, and I've got Duke advancing uh, to the Final Four. So I'm going to ask Duke in the Sweet 16 to beat Michigan State mm -hmm. and Duke in the Elite Eight to beat Kansas. That means they got to beat the Big Ten champions and the Big 12 champions you know, in a, in a three-day span. Nothing easy about that if the bracket doesn't fold that way. Uh, but – you know, I, I think Duke's not only the best team in that regional, I think Duke's the uh, the, the likely national champion. In fact, uh, you know, I, I, I guess we'll get to it in a moment. But, yeah, I, I've got Duke winning the national championship. 
And uh, so if I've got them doing that, I've got to I've got to have them you know coming out of the Midwest regional. What do you have there? <laughs> yeah, that literally has to happen. It, it cannot no be way any... <laughs> around it. There's no way around it. Parish, there's no way around that. Um, I think the Midwest this year, GP, is going to be the East of last year because Kansas, Duke, and Michigan State are such overwhelmingly good teams, big brands, great coaches, all in the Hall of Fame, and all of that. And everyone's expecting Kansas to break through to the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, and then that Duke. Michigan State matchup in the Sweet 16. I'd love to see it. I hope we see it. This is Omaha, of course. Um, and my picks reflect that, but I wasn't gutsy enough to actually go out and make those kind of picks there. So, like you, I have Rhode Island getting past Oklahoma. That will be in Pittsburgh, as we mentioned. That is the first tip, CBS 12-15 on Thursday. A great way to kick off this tournament. After that will be Duke versus Iona. Quick fact on Iona. They have the most appearances of anyone in the tournament without a win in program history. That is probable to continue this year. The Gales got a tough matchup there overall. Um, I, I like Kansas to get through with maybe a little bit of a fight against NC State or Seton Hall, no matter who they face there. I think Seton Hall would be a better pick. A lot of, a lot of people just talk in pen, by the way, because it's, it's the first 16 out of the Ivy since Princeton in 89, and it's a relatively like healthy – is it like 16.5 or 17 points is the spread? I don't even know off the top of my head. But come on now. Like <laughs> – if it, if, it, if it happens, obviously, it's going to shake the freaking world down. Uh, but I'm not thinking that's going to happen. I'm thinking Kansas by about 25 points there. Like you, I have New Mexico State beating Clemson. I do have Auburn breaking through to the Sweet 16. Kind of a pick just for fun there because I don't have immense, immense you know, confidence in that. Those games are in San Diego, by the way. And then uh, Michigan State getting through past what I believe will be TCU and then give me Michigan State over Kansas in the Elite Eight. And they're 29-4. and four. I'll just remind listeners, Michigan State has only defeated two teams that are in the field. Granted, they're really good teams, Purdue and North Carolina. But that's why Michigan State is a three right now and not a two. So that makes my final four. Purdue, Michigan State, Xavier, and Virginia. Yes, that's my final four. Parrish, remind everyone what yours is. And we know your pick, but who are they beating in the title game? Virginia, Gonzaga, Villanova, Duke. That's my final four. My national championship game, the all eight season, is Virginia against Duke. And then I've got Duke as your national champions. And the reason is simple. Um, first off, they're a top three Ken Palm team, so there's nothing crazy about selecting them to win the national championship. They are the most talented team in America. That's been true since the jump. They've got the GOAT of college coaching on the sideline. That's been true from the jump. And they are the only team in America that is top seven in both offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. Um, and they got the guy who I think is the best college basketball player uh, in the country, and that's Marvin Bagley. Um, I know everybody's on the DeAndre Ayton train recently, and uh, if not from the jump, but like certainly recently with what he did in the Pac-10, Pac-12 tournament. And I understand it. Ayton's awesome, but Bagley's had the better season, and you know Bagley has done these 30, 15 games as well. Like Bagley's been awesome too, and in fact, I think Bagley's been better than Ayton. And so um, I think they got the best college player. I think they got the best coach. I think they got the best roster. And they're the only team, top seven offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. Your Duke Blue Devils will be your national champions. It'll be the sixth national championship, Coach K's career. I have got Virginia beating Purdue in the national title game. And what was real quick, you mentioned Aiton. Maybe it's because it's in Virginia's region. A little surprised I'm not seeing a few more Arizona Final Four picks because a lot of people think they have no business being on the four line. It would be incredible 
if the bracket broke where we had Aiton Bagley in the title game. That would be amazing. They played together in high school. Don't think that's going to happen, but that would be just awesome to, to, to be able to cover that in general. would be fantastic. But I have Virginia, and Virginia is the most popular pick at CBSSports.com. A lot of people putting faith in the Cavaliers this year, Parrish, and that is that has not been the case in years past when they've been a high seed. There's been plenty of speculation, and yet this Virginia team, without a superstar on it, maybe it's because it has by far the most dominant record. Two losses, no one else in college basketball has less than four. It's the number one overall seed. Usually when that happens, that's the most popular pick. I didn't think that would be the case with Virginia, so I am going with the majority here. I do have the Cavaliers beating the Boilermakers in the national title game, um, and that's where we go. We are up, By the way, we are up against it. This is a breezy podcast right now. It's up to you if you want to talk about what we said we were going to talk about or if we got to end this early. I'm good either way. I literally don't have time. We, okay. I have to be – it's just the spirit of transparency. It is right now 1144 Eastern, and I have to be on CBS Sports HQ at noon Eastern, and I have neither shaved nor showered. <laughs> so uh, I've got to take a shower. I've got to shave. I've got to throw on a tie and sit in front of a camera and answer questions about I'm not even sure what. So – uh yeah, we're going to have to wrap this up if you don't mind. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Terry M.F. and Teagle. He's the legend. And remember to subscribe to the Island College Basketball Podcast via Apple Podcasts. Rate it favorably uh, if, you're, if you're nice enough to do that. Five stars, kind comments. That's all we ask. And we will talk to you again. Do we even know? Do we uh, even let's, know? let's uh, GP, honestly, real quick, I know you got to go. I'm thinking – Way late Friday, way early Saturday, because it would be weird to squeeze in a podcast after the Thursday results, unless unless massive news di- dictates it otherwise. I would I would just say do what we can on Saturday while people might have that window before the second round starts. Well, I will be in studio late Friday, and you will be where? I will be somewhere in Pittsburgh and available to podcast late Friday. I would believe, but ultimately, if you want to take it hour by hour, that's fine. Um, again, unless like. Unless ridiculous, like if Penn beats Kansas, that's a Thursday game. We feel like we have to podcast about that, then we will. But otherwise, we'll, we will make the time to find it. But this is always the weirdest podcast of the year because there's, there's, there are more games coming. So we can recap a little bit, but some of it can feel so old in a matter of hours. Yeah, probably late Friday night after I get in studio and you wrap up whatever it is you're doing. If um, if, if it's possible, we'll knock it out then. But either way, like here, here's the good news. If you subscribe, you won't have to... Uh, you'll just it'll be pop it'll pop right into your phone whenever uh whenever it's available so uh please go subscribe and uh we will talk to you again at some point i can promise you that till then take care